We have some of our global partners who are our family extended. They're actually here in the room with us today and are about to share. Uh, Darcy and Leanne McAllister, who serve in Asia, are going to be coming and presenting on the things that God has been doing um, in the partnership that we have with them in ministry. Darcy and Leanne are longtime friends of mine. In fact, Darcy used to be my pastor as well. When I was a youth pastor back in British Columbia, he was the director and the overseer of all youth pastors. And so I have a fondness and a deep appreciation. So Darcy and Leanne, we're so excited that God is doing some amazing things through your ministry and through your life. I'm so excited to share the stage with you today uh, so that we could hear of what God is doing in Asia through you as we live vicariously through you in another part of the world. But Kawa Church, can we uh, say good morning to Darcy and Leanne McAllister as they come? Thanks, Sean. We will. We will. It is so, uh, it is so good to be in Kawa. And as Sean said, like, there's been youth ministry history even with, with the church, like I've done youth rallies in, in here and seen numbers of your people at Nanus Bay Camp. Yeah, history at, maker, history, on like, and on. on, yeah, and on lot, like, lots of good lots memories Lots of good together, memories. Yeah. So we're Darcy and Leanne, and we spent half of our time in Asia and half of our time in Canada, and recently returned from our city, which has been in the news a lot uh, the past <laughs> few years. There are four main things that we do. Uh, number one, Leanne leads Zoe Network, uh, which is all about discipling women and men uh, across Canada and around the world. Did into I hear a woohoo? I, okay. I did hear a woohoo. Okay. Okay. Somebody knew. <laughs> so it's discipling women and men uh, from around the world into mm -hmm. their part in yeah. God's mission and connecting them with what God is doing in the lives of women around the world. Mm. And I help you. You help me with that, which with that, I'm yeah. so grateful for. And then in Asia, I lead our, our missions work in a city in Asia, right next to the biggest part of Asia, if you know what I mean. Uh, we have a, a high school, a college, a network of churches, which Canadians helped plant back in the day. And now we've transitioned. Uh, so Leanne and I kind of partner with them, work alongside mm -hmm. them, as they do do their work, and Leanne yeah. helps me I do. in that work. Yeah. Together, Leanne and I do marriage ministry, all, and it's all over the world. We yeah. do conferences, seminars, premarital, uh, train leaders on how to mentor others in healthy yeah. marriages. So in October, we actually have the opportunity to go to Bangladesh and work with leaders there who are a part of a house church movement of over 1,500 house churches. And so we get to train leaders on marriage, relationships, family, children, all that kind of stuff. And it was a surprise to us. We never set out to do marriage ministry, but, um, you know, God just opens up opportunities. Plus, the need is there all around the world. And, and COVID has certainly put stress on relationships. And so we get to be a part of helping people with that. And thing number four mm -hmm. is we work with with young leaders. Mm -hmm. We coach, mentor, and encourage uh, Christian ministry leaders, mm -hmm. business leaders, and university students. Yeah. And with Zoom, you can do that for like <laughs> all over the world. So it's crazy the, the people that we get yeah, to and be with. Yeah, and when you, we read this list, I feel a little tired. Like, does anyone else feel tired for us? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's busy, but you know, it's, it's our part. Um, like God's at work all around us. 
and we all have a part to play in this invitation. And so it's sort of our part as uh, we spend time in Canada as well as in Asia. So what a ride we have been on, hey, for the last 26 months. I remember talking with leaders in Canada and they said, you know, do you remember, do you remember when Pastor Sean said, we're going to go online for two weeks? Do you remember when he said that? Oh, bless his heart. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's quite something. Darcy and I actually moved to Asia in January 2020, three weeks before COVID hit our city. And we moved to Asia with lots and lots of plans. I mean, yeah, we're kind of strategic leaders. We may have had some flow charts that were color-coded, perhaps. Maybe, maybe. And we were, I mean, we were, it was going to be great. <laughs> And instead, we encountered protests and political unrest you in our city. You smelled tear gas for the first yes, time. Yes, I was wandering through streets as uh, tear gas was hitting my eyes. Um, COVID restricted our freedom of movement, um, and we faced six quarantines for a total of 13 weeks in isolation, with still more to go. Anyway, the most difficult quarantine was... In Asia, January 2021, where we were locked in a hotel room with no fresh air for 21 days. It, Just it was a romantic getaway. Yes, this is, this is how he tried to spin it. Like, this is like, you know, like 21 days in a hotel room. Like, we can work on our marriage. Anyway. So this is, this is, uh, this is us, uh, like, in the mornings, we'd... We'd hang out and do administration stuff. Yeah. In the afternoons, we'd put the bed against the wall. We'd film courses, all that kind of thing. And then uh, in the <laughs> evening, hang out with our kids online. And uh, It reminds it was- me of Psalm 139 where it says, You know when I sit down or stand up. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me and you follow behind. I can never escape. Leanne. <laughs> that, like, theologically, that is really incorrect. How you're reading I, that. I know, it's not I know, talking I know, about I know. me. It's I know, talking I know, about I know. God. So, you know, I resorted to Zoom meetings on the bathroom floor right next to the toilet. I think at some time you could see the toilet in this. Anyway, it's been crazy. Um... And yeah, if we were to sit with each one of them, I mean... Yeah, we'd, I'm sure if we were to have coffee with you, you mm-hmm. would share many crazy stories uh, with the intense feelings that came with them, mm-hmm. disappointments, fears, mental health issues, financial challenges, faith crises. So we've all been, all of us have been on this intense journey, and it can feel like, wow, what, what just happened? Right. And what is happening uh, right in front of us as as it continues. I remember early on, I decided that um, I didn't want to waste this opportunity. I, I didn't want to just survive it and get to the other side of it um, the same as when I started. I really wanted it to be a deep learning opportunity, like an opportunity for Christ to really form himself in me. So Leanne decided that, but for me, it was, it was, I'm, I guess I'm less spiritual. <laughs> but throughout this experience, we were reminded of a moment in Israel's history. Uh, the book of Exodus dis- records the arduous 40-year journey that the Israelites took, leaving the land of Egypt and moving towards the promised land. The book of Joshua continues the story where they enter and begin to possess this promised land. So here we are in May of 2022, and it could seem like we are just crossing 
from that desert of COVID into something new and something different. So in Joshua chapter 4, they've just left the wilderness and they're on the cusp of this new chapter. I mean, we're complaining about two years. They did four decades. Right. But instead of them just charging ahead into the next chapter, Joshua had them stop. And so we want to read about it in Joshua chapter 4, verses 4 to 8. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And he told them, go into the middle of the the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We'll use these stones to build a memorial. And in the future, your kids will ask you, what do these stones mean? Mm. And then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant Mm. went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So raising stones as a memorial is common in the Old Testament, and there's a few purposes why they would do this. Uh, First of all, it was a community practice of pausing to remember between seasons of time. And you can almost think of it like chapters. Um, They were on the threshold. They were leaving the past, entering into the unknown, and it's at that moment that they stopped. They stopped to look back and remember. And secondly, it marked that something important had happened. It was like, okay, this happened. And it was a way to provoke um, questions in future generations than that those who had not been in the desert, when they saw the stones, they would, could ask, you know, what is this about? And the elders could testify and tell them about the story of God at work, talk, talk about the miraculous interventions and how God came through for them. And so this marker in Joshua 4 was a reminder of the miraculous event of crossing the Jordan, of God's faithfulness to them, uh, bringing them out of Egypt and through the wilderness and into the promised land. And the markers just made sure that the stories would be told over and over again and would serve future generations. As I read this passage, I was reminded of uh, an outdoor tool called a piton, not a python, but a piton. And I, I love the outdoors. I love exploring BC. And in climbing, a piton is a metal spike that is driven into a cracker seam in the, in the rock with a climbing hammer, and it acts as an anchor to either protect the climber against the consequences of a fall or to assist in their progress in climbing. So you may have seen those pictures of uh, a, a climber slung in a hammock against a cliff face. Well, they're I, used- think, I think they're crazy. <laughs> But they're safe because they're, they're right. pitoned up, you know, yeah. like it, it's, it's there. So when you get to a new spot, you hammer in the piton and it allows you to pause in that spot. And you can then look at the rock face ahead of you and figure out where yeah. you're going to go. You can look back and see where you've come from. It's a marking point yeah. for other climbers. And if you start to climb and you fall, you don't fall all the way back down to right. the, the bottom. You are caught by that piton, and you only have to go from, from there. So it's this pause spot. And if you look at some of the older mountains that lots of people have climbed, if you look carefully, you can actually see the road map mm-hmm. of pitons that people left. That, right. And so you can, you can actually climb that way. Right. So we read here that they pause to mark the moment and remember 
and testify, preparing them for the next leg of the journey. See, the next chapter was going to require yet a whole no another measure of faith. You know, it's one thing to be told, hey, this land is yours, and it's quite another to actually possess it. And when you read through the book of Joshua, you see this series of tests and failures and miracles, just a mixed bag of experience. But they did it. They experienced God, they walked into the promise, and at the end of the book, they pause again, and what shows up? Stones. They marked it again. They marked it again. So this, this practice of marking moments um, is something that I feel like we, we need to learn from. In fact, mm -hmm. for me, after reading this passage of Scripture, I've got a rock that I've stuck in the front of our house, in the, in the garden, so that as I walk into our house, I see... A rock to remind to remind me. So we we're wanting to ask you to pause to remember. <coughs> now, Leanne and I read the Bible chronologically last year, and not going to lie, it was kind of rough. <laughs> there, were, there were some. <laughs> we didn't get to the New Testament until October. Okay, and, and, so and it was like, is the is Jesus ever going to arrive? Is he like, ever showing on. up? <laughs> um, but one thing we noticed in the Old Testament was that the Israelites struggled with the sin of forgetfulness. Right. In Deuteronomy 32, it said, you, you neglected the rock who had fathered you. You forgot the God who had given you birth. Judges chapter 3, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot about the Lord their God, and they served the images of Baal. In Judges 8.34, it says... They forgot the Lord their God who had rescued them from all their enemies surrounding them. In Psalm 106, they forgot God their Savior who had done such great things in Egypt. In Isaiah 51, yet you have forgotten the Lord your Creator, the one who stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. And this forgetfulness, it happened often within a single generation. Like there'd be a great event right. and then, then they'd forget. And the record that I found in the Old Testament was six weeks. Right. Six weeks period period of time. And it happened uh, right after, six weeks after the Israelites had come out of Egypt. And so here they are, they've come out of Egypt, out of all the plagues with the pharaohs, and they're standing on the sides of the Red Sea, and Charlton Hessen takes his staff, and he hits the water, I mean, it's, it parts. It's, it's epic, it's right? It's epic. There's movie cameras, songs <laughs> are written, like, it's a big deal in the history of the Israelites. And yes. six weeks later, it says this in Exodus 16, the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month, that's the six weeks, after they'd come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And you read that and you go, you stupid Israelites. How could you forget what just happened? We'd never do that. We, ne we never do that. But before we get too judgy... We want to suggest to you that this forgetting thing is a human problem. Yeah. We're quick to forget who God is, what he's done for us, yeah. and who we are in him. Yeah. So today we want to raise some stones. Do you want to raise some stones together? 
Uh, looking back on the last 26 months, what is it that we just dare not forget? Um, it starts with, let's not forget who God is. You know, God revealed who he was to the Israelites throughout their journey. There were highs, like the crossing of the Jordan. There were lows, um, you know, sin being found in the camp, all that kind of stuff. But uh, again, it was a mixed bag. But every experience was an opportunity for them to understand the nature of this God they were serving. Because he showed his faithfulness even when they were faithless. He showed his relentlessness with them. He kept course correcting them, you know, when they're whining about pots back in Egypt. You know, he was saying, come back, come back. He never gave up on them. And here's the thing. He used everything, every experience to shape them into who they were because they were the people of God. Nothing was wasted in the journey. God had, you know, here's the thing. God has shown us who he is through this pandemic. And what have we learned? You know, for each of us, the, the answer may be different. And I love that because God is so personal with each one of us. Um, but perhaps Darcy and I can share a little about what we learned. And perhaps it'll resonate with you and really spur you on to think about, um, you know, your own stories, your own stones. One thing that Darcy and I have learned is that this is God's story. God is a God of the promise, and nothing can thwart his plan. You know, with the Israelites, God made a way for them. And here's the thing. When we read through Exodus, it is not the story of the perseverance of God's people. Rather, it was God's story from beginning to end. And sometimes we get confused, and we think that this is our story with God somehow as a supporting character, and we really do give him props. Like, we really, really lift him up. But, but thinking that somehow we're inviting him into our story, but that is not the way it is. This is his story. And we are graciously invited to be a part of it. And related to this is God's sovereignty. There is nothing that happens outside of his scope and authority. See, when we moved to Asia with our flow charts that were all color-coded, with all of our plans that were thwarted left and right, we were frustrated. (laughs) But here's the thing. If there's anything I've learned, is that God showed us that he was in control and will accomplish what he wants in us and what he wants to do in our world. And I will never forget it. Hmm. So a couple examples of that. One, one example is we were really excited because we were invited to do a marriage conference at one of the churches in our city. It was going to be in the church basement. There was going to be about 40 couples there. And we were going to have our city's version of egg salad sandwiches because <laughs> that is what you do, right? It would have been noodles, but yeah. that's what you do. And Then another wave of the pandemic happened, and so churches are back online, and the pastor's like... um, And we're sitting there going, you brought us to Asia to die. (laughs) (laughs) How quick we we forgot. So there we are. It's like, what are we going to do? And the church says, well, why don't we do the marriage conference on Zoom? I'm like, on Zoom? Like, who wants to do that on Zoom? And they said, no, let's, let's do it. And so for 
for 30 days, we, a group of about 15 of us, prayed every day for this event. It was actually 40 days. Sorry, 40 days. 40 days. And prayed every day. It's like, God, would you do something? And then the marriage conference happened on day 20 of our 21-day quarantine. So <laughs> We had to make sure we were we still talking. We had to talking. make sure we were, yes, and we were. But that night, there were 530 people who joined from 10 nations online. 10 nations. And we're like... And we were going to do a basement. And it's like, God said... Watch what I'll do. Yeah. You know, like, watch what I'll do. Yeah. And then the other moment where, where we forgot, and yeah. I remember the day you came into our room, you were like, crying, we can't do our Zoe trainers yeah. meeting and, and sessions. We were going to do one in Eastern Canada, one in Western Canada, in church basements with egg salad sandwiches. There was going to be about 15 people at each one. Yes. And so it's like, what do we do? And... We took it online. Mm-hmm. And hundreds of people have mm-hmm. been trained yeah. across Canada, into the States, across uh, Africa. South Africa, uh, Central Africa. And it would not have happened if we had had the original plan, right? See, the, this is what God does. He's like, oh, your plans, aren't they sweet? <laughs> aren't they cute? Okay, well, now let's get you out of the way and like, let me show you what I'm all about. So I'll never forget it. We also learned that God is, is entirely faithful um, mm-hmm. and during the hard time. So in one of our difficult moments, and I remember the moment, it was a moment <laughs> where we woke up and we wake up to North American news, like the end of the day news. And we woke up to the end of the day news that Canada was introducing. It's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> introducing a special hotel quarantine and the average cost was supposed to be three to $5,000 a person or whatever. And we're like, oh. And for a few moments, we forgot mm-hmm. that God is faithful. And then we read our, our devos. And we were still in the Old Testament. In fact, we were in Joshua. <laughs> we were still in the Old Testament. <laughs> we, we were in Joshua chapter 5. And in Joshua chapter 5, it talks about how when the Israelites got to the promised land, the manna that they had received every day in the desert. For 40 years. For 40 years. It kept on going. But the first day that they harvested from the promised land, the very first day, the manna stopped. And they ate from the... the the fruit of the promised land. And it was like there were no gaps. And no Leanne, gaps. so Leanne says to me, there's no gaps. There's no like, gaps. Okay, there's, there's never no... any gaps. So it's like we're going to believe yeah. for God to provide. And it was crazy because he did. Yeah. Like he did. We got. Including Colwood Church. Yes. Like we got, we got an email. Dear Darcy and Leanne. And it's like, oh, dear, what did we do wrong? You know, like, <laughs> are we going to be okay? And, and it's like. We're going to increase our support for you guys. Just wanted you to know. And it's like, thank you, Jesus. No gaps. No gaps. gaps. Like you you provided. Yeah, God is faithful. That's something we've learned. That's one of our stones. So let's not forget who God is, but also let's not forget who we are in him. You know, the pandemic can be described as a shaping experience. And a shaping experience is something that is deeply impacting. You go through something hard or pressure-packed, and it forms you in new ways. And we've all done that collectively. Um, 
you know, with Moses and Joshua and the people of Israel, God had them on a journey to the promised land. Um, however, it wasn't just a physical journey. It was a spiritual journey. And through it, he was shaping them to be who they were meant to be. See, here's the thing. They were brought out from a place of slavery to a place of freedom. And you think of all the mindset changes that would need to happen in that journey because they were free people and, and they had to live into that freedom, but they were also the people of the promise. They were set apart to be a blessing to the nations, which we can read about in Genesis 12 when Abraham was called. And so, you know, he was using it all to form them into who they were. Now, about halfway through the pandemic, we were in our city, and I was a bit discouraged. You, you and I take turns being discouraged, which yeah, I think is really good, good, and we should continue with that. But, um, And I randomly picked up a book called Chasing the Dragon by Jackie Pullinger. Has anyone read that book? It's, okay, you get it. Okay, let me give you a little synopsis. Jackie landed in Hong Kong from England in the late 1960s. And she was in her 20s and began to minister in the infamous walled city, which was a place of immense poverty and corruption in Kowloon. Early on, she met a Chinese couple who had something, and she was intrigued. And they explained that it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, she was quite annoyed. She was Church of England, and so she thought, what are you saying? I don't have something. But she prayed with them reluctantly and was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. But she didn't continue to use the gift. She then met an American couple who asked her if she was baptized in the Spirit, and she said, yes, but it doesn't do much for me. <laughs> I will Oops. never forget reading this, because they said to her, how rude. God gives you a gift and you aren't using it. And she challenged herself to speak in tongues for 15 minutes every day. And then she began to see a flow in her ministry that wasn't there before. So I'm reading this in a local coffee shop in Sham Shui Po. It's about 15 minutes from our flat. And I was challenged because I tell you, I, I, I have the gift of tongues. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, and I tell you, I am your girl. If you have a need, I will call heaven down for you. I will pray for you. But I, in looking at my life, I'm like, is this something that I'm activated and engaged with in my life? And I had to think, no, this isn't something that I'm doing regularly. So... 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes to walk home. We wear masks anytime we're outside of our flat in Asia. And, and honestly, in our city, you can do anything and it doesn't matter. So I spoke in tongues, prayed in tongues all the way home. And I got home and I said to Darcy, the spirit is challenging me here. And he's like, sign me up. I'm, I'm in it too. And so over a period of a few weeks, as we began to, to pray in tongues, we suddenly began to see this flow of the Spirit within our ministry. See, in the pandemic, I, I think I had just slipped into survival mode, right? And that's okay. Like, God, like, I don't think he's concerned that, like, you know, sometimes I'm not doing very well, right? Like, I think it's okay. But I had begun to forget who I was in him. 
I'd begun to forget the gifts that he had given me. And there was this call to re-engage, re-engage. Whether I'm in a pandemic or not, I am called to be a blessing, and I am called into his mission, and I am called to use everything that he has given me in order to participate fully in what he's doing. So I will never forget that. So when Leanne came home with that challenge, like I, I took it on, and, and as, as missionaries, as global, global workers, we've got all these things that we do, all this work that we do, but I'd made a commitment to the Lord to say that when we move to Asia, I need to engage in the community, not just the leaders and the schools and all that stuff, but engage in the community and be a Jesus person in my everyday walking around life. And so I signed up for a WhatsApp group, a WhatsApp tennis group. And so I'd, I'd play tennis in the late afternoons on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it was, it was good. And so I began to be praying for my partners and opponents um, in tongues, which got pretty weird, actually. So here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to receive a serve. And I catch myself praying in, in tongues. And it's like... Oh, McAllister, like you're, you're a Fruit Loop. And it's like, no, but, it, but it was it's, good. It's, it's tapping into yeah. what God is doing and, and being open to like how he would use you And in so those God moments. started to give me opportunities yeah. with these guys. And so I, I went <laughs> and I ordered uh, several beautiful Chinese and English Bibles, like not paperback cover, but a leather cover, put their names on the front with a tennis racket beside it and ins inscribed it. And so I've ordered these, these Bibles. And so the first guy who I, who I gave it to, um, the week in between, because it took two weeks to get, get them, receive them. So I show up Tuesday afternoon, and it's just me and him. And I walk up and I say, hey. And he says, I'm not ready. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not ready? I'm not ready to accept Jesus. And I'm like, hello, <laughs> like, like he didn't actually say hello to me. He just went straight to that. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, tell me more. And we, so we had this crazy conversation about his life and where God had been in, at, but not anymore. And it was like, okay, he doesn't even know what's happening next week. And so the next Tuesday, I showed up, and I've got, I've got the Bible for him. I'm like, hey, I've got, a, I've got something for you. And so I pull him over, we sit down, I, I show him the Bible, and I've written in the front cover, here's the places to start reading, uh, and thank you, this is like, you meant a lot to me in terms of us coming into the city, and, and thanks for being my friend, and he's like, how much? And I'm like, no, this is a gift. So, like, it's, it's good, and I'm like, I wonder how that went over, and then we played, and the, the, the rest of the group came, and at the end of the, the game, we're sitting around mopping ourselves off and having our, our water, and my friend says, okay, listen up, Darcy's a Christian, and this is what he believes, and what do you believe? And we start having this conversation with the whole group, and I'm like, so, and, and on WhatsApp, the conversation continues. I got a, a WhatsApp message from him this past week saying, okay, so where do I read now? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, God. And right. it's of the Spirit, activated by the Spirit. It's of the, the spirit, spirit, right? And just the, um, 
the temptation just to stay in survival mode, right? When there's just so much more going on. So, so we have some stones. Um, you know, they're to provoke questions for future generation. Um, and, and, you know, the elders, that is us, can testify to the story of God at work. Um, and we're going to tell it over and over again. So what we want to encourage with you to, to, with today is to testify. And I'm not sure what that looks like, how you need to mark it, but there's something powerful about confessing with your mouth all of the ways that God has showed up in your life. Um, it's going to build your faith. It's going to build the faith of those around you. You know, like we're, we're in a, a season of uh, one friend called it like deep groanings in our world, right? Deep groanings. And... Uh, you know, there's, there's so much hopelessness out there. And, the, and it's like 101 and 1,000 ways to complain in every turn. Um, and what does it mean? What does it look like for us as the people of God to testify to who he is and the life that we're actually invited into? See, when we testify, when, when we um, refrain from sort of that navel-gazing and all of that complaining, the natural outflow is praise, which will lead to hope. And our world needs hope right now. They don't need us as followers of Jesus, as, as people of the blessing, to just add to the chaos. So, yeah, hope for the future. There's that song... All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Don't stop doing that. Speak that hope over yourselves, over your neighbors, over your mm -hmm. friends, over your family. Because mm -hmm. God brings hope. Yeah. So pause today. Take a deep breath. <laughs> and if you're absolutely overwhelmed by what's going on in the world and you don't know Jesus and he's not a part of your life, today that can change. God wants to offer you hope and an amazing future with his love and his life. And if that's you, talk to somebody in the room today. Talk to somebody in the room. Like, go for that. Go for that shift. And if you're here and you've been an Israelite and forgotten <laughs> who God is and what he is in your life, well, take a deep breath and breathe him in. And let him remind you. So let us pray for you this morning. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love and your, your life-giving gift on the cross. We thank you for how you take what we would go and say is awful situations and you turn it and use it for your glory. And God, we pray that you would speak words of life over this community today. 
We pray for those who feel overwhelmed and those who feel hopeless, that your hope in your life would infuse, infuse them. Because, oh, you are good, oh God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Wow, that's a good message. Thank you, Darcy and Leanne, for not only challenging us, but following, I love that, the Spirit's lead of what he's doing in Asia through your ministry, and I love that. Thank you for sharing, and Colwood, I, I hope that you're, you kind of sense your partnership with what's happening in Asia today, even though we're on the other side of the world. When we pray, when we give in our missions, it's just exciting to, to see, and I love that you play tennis. Well done. You could probably beat me. Yeah. <laughs> But listen, you, you may be here today in the room or you may be online and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus the way Darcy and Leanne have been sharing. And one of the opportunities for you is today, you could also text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113 and we would love to have an opportunity to pray with you and to lead you to the person of Jesus and the life that he has for you. So definitely take advantage of that. If that is you here today, We'd love to join you in that journey 